Welcome to the View in Your Mirror podcast. We are your hosts, Lisa Rubin and Katie Harms. From new moves to tried and true strategies, we'll dissect the ways in which clothing and a little organization can and does affect your daily life. Come along as we hope to inspire, engage, and shape your rituals as well as your shapewear. So Katie, this is a first of first of first. The first is that I am opening up this podcast. That's a big one for me. That is a big one. How's it feeling? I'm a little nervous, but I'm doing it. See, I'm doing it. We're talking. You know, we've, what, had 13 podcasts now, so I'm ready. I was ready. (laughs) You would know we have 13 podcasts. I haven't counted them (laughs) like that, so bravo. The second first is that I am going to ask you, what episode is this and what season are we in? Lisa, we are on season two episode six last episode we had a first and that was we didn't talk about the episode or the season and I know how much that just absolutely bugged you it really bugged me because when I heard (laughs) it back for the first time I'm like oh my god we didn't mention what episode it was for the first time we've been doing our podcast via zoom and taking the audio and producing off of that and I have visitors at my home this week and so I have several people who are working remotely. So we're all working in different areas. And you will notice where I'm working. Which is in a very well-organized, beautiful closet. And I am enjoying looking at you while we're doing our podcast because it is so beautiful. And of course, well-lit. It is well-lit because I have my little light in here. And even though we don't video our, I mean, we, we do end up with video, but I grab the audio and produce that out of it. You know what's great about doing a podcast in a closet? The sound quality is amazing because all of the clothes muffle the environment. So it makes for a better podcast. I still feel like if we're going to have guests on or you and I are going to look at each other, we should look at each other in the best possible light, right? Yes. And what do I require, Katie? Uh, you, you require nothing today, Lisa. You did it. You nailed it. I know. When we are Zooming, one needs to adjust our bra straps. Yes. And we need to put lipstick on and makeup because I still want to see you in the Zoom properly. Fantastic. I think I've done okay. And I checked all those things today before getting on with you. Hey, who have we got coming up for our guest this week? We have Mark Ostrom. He is the executive director of Joy Collaborative, creating environments for youth with limiting conditions. Joycollaborative.org. Mark, did you know that you are our first guy on our podcast? I mean, come on. What a thrill, you guys. I'm all about innovation in my day job. So this is just one more one more perk. So thank you. <laughs> How did you and Katie meet? Did we meet ever in person, Katie? At no, Studio e? we have a very, so. we have a very 21st century relationship, Mark. <laughs> we met online. We, we met did. through Studio E, right? Right. So Studio E is a local entrepreneurship innovation program that Katie and I are both lucky to be members of and met like a lot of us are doing now through virtual experience. And I don't know, there was just something about her personality and the energy that came through and I reached out and now here we are so this is my first podcast so first guy first podcast so here we go a lot of firsts. well there's another first we're doing a show of first what i love about studio e i love their tagline where great minds and and ideas go places they they really work on exploratory leadership and i have to tell you a quick story about two weeks ago we had a, a get together with some people very covid safe and one of the people was someone i had not met but another person in this group my friend Corey, said oh you're gonna love trissa you two are gonna align you're gonna 
going to know a million people together. So of course we're chatting and I'm talking about the podcast and, and I'm talking about my partner in the podcast who's had all this phenomenal background in wardrobe consulting. And I said, Lisa, and she said, you mean Lisa Rubin? So there was our first contact It <laughs> happened within about five minutes. So then we're talking further and she says, my husband is Nate Garvis. And so I'm like, I know that name. And I said, you know, politics, Twin City through Rashini, and we're making all these connections because that's what happens, right? As I'm putting together show notes and I go on to Studio E, well, Nate is one of the founders of Studio E. So all of these connections, super fun. One of the things I love about you, Mark, you're excellent setting goals, expressing your intent, manifesting positive outcomes, not just for yourself, for everybody involved. And I've learned this all through this wonderful 21st century relationship of meeting you. And when we first talked, one of the things you said straight away was that it was your goal for the year to get on a podcast. Yep, absolutely. Here we are. And and here we are. Give us a and little bit. It's only bit March. Of, it's only March. You got you're you're <laughs> oh my gosh, what are you going to do the rest of the year? <laughs> oh, that's what we're going to talk about today, sister. <laughs> I love it. Before we go forward, let's go a little background. Give us some idea of who you are, your family, your interests outside of your Joy Collaborative. Yeah. So, I mean, I got to start with my family. I, my friends jokingly would always say I grew up in the um, Beaver Cleaver household with the you know, idyllic parents. My parents are fantastic people and major influences in my life still. My dad, probably the most empathetic person you'll ever meet, taking people under his wing, lifting people up. You know, he was he was in Big Brothers and Amicus and a lot of those different programs, a lot of faith-based programs. And so we were exposed to a lot of different people as a young person. And that that made a huge impression. My mom, <clears throat> very similar in that way, but very creative, making clothes. Um, she's won multiple ribbons at the state fair and the quilt competition. So constantly seeking that kind of creative outlet. And those would be major influences for where I'm at today. I, I partner that with, um, I went to design school here at the University of Minnesota Twin Cities campus. Dr. Denise Guerin, who was uh, the lead instructor, a program director, hugely influential in kind of how I see the world through design, that, that design has purpose that we we do things for a reason and oftentimes we can look to research and that we need to share those results afterwards so joy collaborative i've said all along you know we are not a paint and stickers company you know other people can do that we're all about functional solutions i've been blessed with working at a variety of firms uh, once i went through design school and some amazing creative colleagues. You've led into your vision for Joy Collaborative, but when you say you went to design school, are you a certified designer? Are you an architect? What's your schooling yeah, background? I, I originally went to school for music education. That was kind of where I was headed. <clears throat> but by the time I got near the end of the program, um, there was really not a lot available as a profession for positions. So I took a pause. I I was looking at um, a bunch of different things. Um, I, I did a bunch of odd jobs. I worked um, in the Dayton's credit office. So yes, I was lucky to work for Dayton's back when it was called Dayton's. And um, maybe some of your listeners can thank me later for approving uh, credit card expansions for luxury items because that was my role. Um, <laughs> and it was, it was a fantastic job. Customer service there was like none other. Um, but I, you know, going back to my, you know, younger days and, and, and being very, you know, a creative kid messing around with a, a bunch of different things and, and this interest in, in, in arts and visual arts, um, I ended up looking at architecture. Um, I, I, you know, 
no offense to my friends. I have a lot of friends in architecture, but, you know, sleeping under my desk 24-7 for a number of years <laughs> just really didn't have appeal. But it was really about um, people. And I really wanted to affect design that was closer to people than, you know, the skin of a building. So um, not certainly not that architects don't do that. But for me, that was that was far more interesting. So so my my degree is a Bachelor of Science in Interior Design. I'm a registered designer here in the state of Minnesota. You and I connected talking about the function of a space. Touch on that a little bit because I think that helped form your vision, didn't it, for Joy Collaborative? Yeah, absolutely. So so having worked in the industry, the design industry for a number of years, you know, it was really it is very tied to the economy very closely. And, you know, by 1997, eight, when we I was living through maybe the second deep recession, um, it was really hard on me uh, emotionally to, you know, we, we build up our practice, we build up our teams, and then it all dissolves down to almost nothing. And, and I just said, there's got to be a better way. There, there has to be a better way for me to kind of get my hands on the steering wheel. I get, I get we're in business and we need to make, you know, money and progress, but it seemed like there was another place for me to, to practice. So kind of a longer story to, to how we got to today. When I was, I mentioned odd jobs. So when I when I was kind of going back to design school, um, I worked for the University of Minnesota in the, in the dental school, in the insurance office. And I primarily worked in the, for the cleft palate clinic there. And multidisciplinary practice, very expensive, um, innovative treatments there. Dr. Moeller is one of the most major influences in my life, just the most fantastic soul, um, really taking care of people, um, creating a, <clears throat> excuse me, an innovation program in that they would bring together physical therapists, occupational therapists, surgeons, dentists. I mean, it, as you can imagine, it would get to be very expensive. And it was my job to process those claims. And can we just stop for a minute and point mm -hmm. out that the man's name is Moeller <laughs> and he worked in yes. dental. And doesn't that just make you smile? Which again. Oh, he, yes. His name was Dr. Moeller. He worked at the dental school and, and I mean, was an angel walking among, among us. I mean, just just a really fantastic, sensitive, but but very forward-thinking kind of person. And his program got national attention because of the way he was addressing his practice. So, and just took me under his wing. I was a very young person and um, and he spent a lot of time with me and it was very, very impactful. So, so for me, you know, in my job there with insurance claims, both, well, I should say it was common for both dental and medical providers to deny claims or send you one to the other. So it was yeah. immensely frustrating for these families on top of caring for their kid. Here they're dealing with, you know, these claims that are getting bounced around. So it was my job to, you know, justify and campaign for these families. So, you know, I got to know them pretty intimately because they would come in often for all these, you know, various treatments that they were getting. And, you know, we would we would sit down on a regular basis and kind of get an update on what was happening with claims and, and to to be able to tell them, you know, we got your large claim paid, whatever that amount was, and they start crying. I mean, who could have a better job than that? Um, then we start talking about, you know, their personal lives and the struggles at home and, you know, managing these kids with special needs and all that. And it was just, it, it was just very, very instrumental. So, so Joy Collaborative, part of it is, is that. So part of it is, is knowing these families and knowing their struggles at home. Um, but the other side is, is, you know, my passion for design just clearly in whatever I was going to do next, that had to be a part of it. And so, you know, going back to significant um, project experience, um, I, I was lucky enough to be one of the designers of the Rainforest Cafe here at Mall of America. So nothing against the vision of that of that project. Everybody knows that project as a, you know, a, a high experience project, but not necessarily a restaurant project. 
you know, it's I, I'm I'm waiting to hear somebody say hey, that they had an awesome meal. I can't go, wait to go back to the Rainforest Cafe and have a meal. You know, it, it's not that. It, it's about the experience there. It's about you know some of the education that happens through the storylines that happen in that project and and very monumental. And and for for me as a you know young person just starting out in the design field and being able to you know get involved in that in that project that now is you know it's a it's a global brand and owned by Disney. So, but it, it's it's nothing about that stuff. It's about how we affected people and the excitement that they had around experience design. So Joy Collaborative then is bringing those two elements together. It's the it's the care for the individuals and their families and, and or programs in the case now that we're we're serving you know more than just individuals, but also how can we you know have a great time through design. So underneath everything, there are, we're we're solving for functional conditions, and I'm sure both of you and your you know, in what you do, that's what you want to get after first. It's it's not just about, you know, the aesthetic. No, that's, that's so true. That's very that's, true. That's very true. And Lisa, speak to that for a moment too, because even though obviously as a wardrobe consultant, it is very forward looking, but it really changes. You talk about that all the time, what it does to change you inside when you realize mm -hmm. that this all makes a difference in kind of the global feel of who you are. Absolutely. That's basically, you know, my thesis statement is I talk about in all the different episodes that we've come up with, how you feel in your clothes is more important than the clothes themselves. You know? And how you feel in your space is more important than the space itself. Exactly. Because we Especially... don't all have, we can't all spend an unlimited budget on any part of it. So now back to you, Mark. Right. So, I mean, especially when in the case of some of these families, you can imagine the mountain of medical bills you might have if you have somebody who's disabled, you know, or maybe maybe we're serving somebody who's, you know, got some real, you know, income issues. This is not the first thing on their checklist. You know, it's going to be the last thing on their checklist is to do a renovation at home. So, so, so true. So part of the, I think the exciting part about Joy Collaborative is, is we partner with the local design community. So architects, designers, builders, vendors, and we, we do these projects, these renovations at no cost to the families or organizations that we serve. So, you know, where, where other service-based organizations might focus on maybe a you know one-time exotic vacation or a visit with a celebrity we're looking at something that that is important for you you know 52 weeks out of the year so these are lasting environments really to support well-being now you started joy collaborative during the pandemic yes <laughs> yep as we started our podcast during the pandemic. Yes, you did. So did your business plan include COVID? Of course, didn't everybody's? <laughs> I mean, you're smart. Of course you planned for it. No, well, I, you know, I, I, you know, I had, I was working full time. I started doing these projects sort of nights and weekends, thinking it was sort of a passion project and it kind of, you know, scratched my itch and, and, it, and it felt really good to help people. I started that maybe four or five years ago and and started with Make-A-Wish and then that I was lucky enough to work with Ronald McDonald House and then Shriners and then after a while realized this needed to be a thing like this. This could be more impactful than just me trying to cram some hours in when I could. If I say to you, this is amazing, where are you going to go with that? Uh, Joy Collaborative will be a national organization. Joy Collaborative uh will be doing projects nationally for individuals 
and programs serving youth across the country within five years. I love that. Do you see, yeah. do you see Lisa, how he is able to just look to, it, it really is a gift you've been given, Mark, and the fact that you've found this direction and this passion. How do you go about getting others involved in, in your vision of this is amazing and partnerships? How do you pick the partnership? Thank you. Well, you know, the studio with Ething has been really, really helpful. And, and shout out to Tom and Nate and and everybody else there just really helps all of us who have this nugget of an idea. Some yep. people come in with things a little bit more polished than maybe I had. But for me, it was really, uh, I probably have a longer answer here, but for me, it was really important to build the foundation. You know, nonprofits, I think, are seen as sort of a feel good, oh, isn't that nice? And for me, I wanted to take more of a business approach to this and being able to treat this as a business, not just as a nice thing to have. The impacts, we will have economic impact in our community by doing these projects. I can tell you that with 100% certainty. And if we were just going out and kind of doing these things very casually and having fun with it, I don't think it would be as impactful and I don't think we'd be able to have the reach that that I'm hoping that we'll have. So going through programs like Studio E, I went through an entrepreneurship program at St. Thomas as well. And I think those really helped me look at things from many different angles and poke at things and, and really ask, you know, get a lot of questions asked, which was awesome because well, nobody's model is perfect. Do you have people reaching out to you in other parts of the country that have heard about you already and want you to start doing things outside of Minnesota? Um, we have had a couple of inquiries. And, and again, this goes back to the foundation thing. I grew up here in the Twin Cities. My network is here in the Twin Cities for at least this year. We are focusing all of our energy in the metro area, so within 50 miles of the metro. Yes, I get a call from Atlanta. Yes, I get a call from California. Would we be successful in delivering that? I'm not sure right now. This year, 2021 is all about us executing projects to the best of our abilities so that we make sure we've got a model that works. I've set a very, I think a pretty high bar for us in completing 10 projects this year. These, these projects can get complicated. We try to control that. Obviously we're working in people's homes. We have to be respectful of COVID, but the worst thing I can do right now is overpromise. Yeah. That's so and important. So, that's that's I mean, I so just, important. We, you know, we have kids and families that are, you know, really dealing with issues here. And yes, it might be cool to say, yes, we're doing a project in Los Angeles, but if it blows up and we do a terrible job, what does that do to our reputation? I, I can't, I can't afford that. It's too important. Again, this, this Metro Minnesota focus is really important um, for a number of reasons. One is we're in a fantastic geography for us to be able to attract amazing individuals and amazing companies to help us do this work. So if we can if we can continue that, these people can then take us other places. So if we can build those really strong relationships, that is what's going to help carry us beyond. That's incredible. Now you talked about 10 projects that you yeah. have done mm -hmm. or that you're targeted to do. I want to get to that, but we're going to yeah. take a quick break because we have to tell people about Rustacar, our sponsor. They're so incredible. Absolutely. And before I go, I want to say- all day long, people. Oh my God, exactly right. <laughs> and before before we go to break, I want to say architecture, and I want to learn more about that when we come back. Mm. On the Viewing Your Mirror podcast, we love sharing our personal favorites. Rustica Bakery is high on that list, and we know you're going to agree. Rustica has two locations. They're original at 3224 West Lake Street in Minneapolis, across from Calhoun Commons and Whole Food Market. And Southdale Center next to Lifetime, where you'll enter without even going into the mall. Both have ample parking, either online or in-store. Bread, breakfast, dessert, treats, a menu sure to allow you to find a personal favorite in no time. 
Online ordering is a breeze and curbside pickup is an option. Available in-store only are savory menu items. Think grab and go for lunch or enjoy them there. Brunch items are offered Friday through Sunday. My personal favorite is the take and bake cookies available online or in-store. Truly a capstone for any get together and in just 15 minutes from package to plate, a memory to make. We highly suggest you always have these in your freezer. RusticaBakery.com. Find the food and drink you adore or try something new. Rustica Bakery puts the love shown by their customers back into every item baked. At Rustica, you're among favorites. And we are back. I hope everyone ran out and got a croissant to enjoy the rest of the show with. And if you didn't, you got to head there right after you're done listening. I said we were going to come back in and learn more about architecture. So let's start there. Mark. What do you think architecture is? Oh, I, I, I really think it's well-designed spaces for dogs. <laughs> so, um, so we design really joyful spaces and functional spaces for youth. Um, we're going to be doing um, our first ever fundraiser. Um, we're targeting June 5th here in the Minneapolis area for that. And so the, the, the idea behind architecture is, you know, we've COVID, we've all spent a lot of time inside. We, we know we love our pets and we've been spending more time with them, but how can we, how can we create joyful spaces for our pets? So, so rather than do things like dog houses, things that might be outside that could be really whimsical and cool. Maybe what we do is is we start looking at pet furniture. So um, we've certainly seen the kind of the humanization of pets right over the last couple of years. And I think it would be really fun for us to get our, our design creatives who've been trapped up for a while uh, to, to get involved and start imagining um, what we can do for our for our inside spaces for our dogs and cats. So so architecture will be it will be a fundraiser. It'll be primarily online because we know even still by June people are, might be hesitant about getting getting together in crowds. But what we are doing is we're going to have a little bit of a focus on people who have been hit during COVID outside of our families, and that would be the hospitality industry. So it looks like Finnegan's is going to be one of our partners in this, and we're gonna we're gonna place some of these items in some of the breweries in the area. So people who are comfortable can go out, have a good time and, and actually kind of see some of these pieces in person. So I, I'm really excited to engage not only just the, the architects and interior designers in town, but maybe some of the artists and other creatives who who might uh, during these next couple months need to get something out to the world. That's incredible. Now, Finnegan's, is Finnegan's the brewery? that is basically giving everything back. Yeah, uh, Jackie is the CEO there. Yes. They they have a, an amazing space downtown Minneapolis and they give 100% of their profits away to other nonprofits. So yeah. amazing, I, amazing. I, it is such an amazing, it's, it's an amazing model and a mindset. And I love the idea of collaboration with partnerships with, with other nonprofit organizations, which to me is why should we all, reinvent the wheel. I, I don't mean we all like I have a nonprofit, but in general, any of the nonprofits that I've been involved in, to me, it's always about looking for those partnerships so that you can share resources and do more with less, which kind of brings us to the next question that we have for you. And that is, why do you do what you do? Maybe now it probably seems pretty self-evident, but it it's taken me years to get to this place, um, guys. I mean, Somebody asked me about this and I said, you know, I think I think I was even in design school trying to figure out how can I do pediatric design? Like, how can I focus all my energy on kids? 
And doing some research, I found like one firm in like Israel. <laughs> and so I was like, well, this can't be a thing because nobody's doing it. So it can't be a thing. And when I got really frustrated after riding this sort of economic roller coaster, it instantly became very clear when I when I put pieces together, like I like we've already talked about. So, I mean, for me, it's, you know, the why is is obvious. I mean, we, we've got people who need help and I've got a, a raft of the design community here who is excited to to give their meaningful tools back to the community. And, you know, they can do, uh, you know, everybody's doing team building exercises, right? Everybody wants their culture to be better. And we can do, a, you know, a one-time thing. We can make meals and, and not, you know, not that that isn't valuable. Um, we've got people who are really creative and for them to be able to see the results in a very intimate way is is really exciting. And we've got, we've got more volunteers right now than we probably have projects. So, um, I, I certainly hope that by the end of this year, we have more projects than we can handle. That 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 is absolutely a goal. Talk about some of the projects you're doing and the fact that you have more volunteers. I mean, that's not always going to be the case. So we, we no. don't want to dissuade people from no, reaching out. Not at all. And I mean design <laughs> volunteers. I'm specifically yeah, talking yeah. about designers. So projects coming up, um, we have a we have a reveal coming up this Friday, which I'm super excited about. We'll have a video on our website in a couple of weeks. Finn, Finn has been waiting over a year because of COVID for his project. And um, Finn's project is is going to be super cool. I'm excited for him. Um, that, that project started as a partnership with Lifetime Fitness and Cystic Fibrosis. So Cystic Fibrosis reached out to us and said, hey, we'd like to do something with you at Joy Collaborative. What can that be? They identified a family that really needed some help. Finn has, not only does he have cystic fibrosis, but he has ADHD. Well, cystic requires that you sit for one to two hours a day to do your special treatments, and you have to sit still, basically. And ADHD is definitely, you know, getting in the way of doing that. So we had to create a calming space for him. And and Lifetime turned that into an internal design competition. Talk about an, a fantastic experience to get a whole bunch of people together to solve a problem for one kid. I mean, it was fantastic. So, so finally, you know, COVID, we had to take a pause. He had cystic. We had, you know, COVID was a respiratory condition. There was no way we were going to launch a project for him. Uh, but now we're ready and, 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 and partnering with Minnesota United um, and Gardner Builders. Shout out to Bob at Gardner. Amazing company for those of you who, who need help uh, in the commercial real estate space doing renovations. I cannot speak highly enough of them and selfless. Talk about a selfless company. Um, so other projects coming up um, on the website, there's a video for Kodiak. Kodiak had a very rare genetic disorder. He was deaf and blind and cognitively delayed and really was in need of a sensory space for his family to let him be on his own because he had to be monitored 24-7. And so to, to, to address a space like that, you can imagine he's not reading books. You know, he, he can't watch a video. So he's sensory seeking and, and kind of driving his family a little bit nuts. So to be able to really create a space that was really durable for him. Um, that was easily cleanable for the family and very flexible so they can program different activities in there. I'm very, very proud of that space because it was a very difficult program. What does your organization need? What are some of the primary things that you guys really need right now to um, help what, you move forward? Yeah, what we need right now, so we're developing what I call um, affiliate programs. So kind of like maybe what I talked about earlier is this this concept of of mirroring so so bringing in these companies who have who are like-minded in what they want to do in the community and being able to figure out what kind of program can we do that's really meaningful for you instead of just a one and done or we can take your check and run away that's great i'm happy you know we're happy to do that but what can we do that's meaningful that can get your 
get your staff engaged in a deeper level. So, so here's, so here's an example. So boys and girls club, South Minneapolis, they need a teen space to draw kids in kids right now, especially in that part of town are really stressed. Um, they're not doing well with online learning at home might be a very disruptive space for them. Um, so they're, so they're not getting resources. Um, Boys and Girls Club is all about providing resources to get them into a better place. The teen space they have has not been touched in, I would say, at least 30 years. I can't think of one teen in Minneapolis who would walk into that door and go, yeah, this is awesome. I'm going to spend some time here getting some help. It is the opposite of that. And so we've been talking with Minnesota Twins. There's potential for the Timberwolves to get involved. There may be some other companies to really create a space that reflects them that looks like them, that is functional, that of course is gonna be a little bit cool, but is supporting all the mentorship and all of the, the different programs that they have to offer kids. Their, their Teen Pathways program is on track to get 500 kids graduated by the year 2025. Kids right now during COVID, some of them are failing, and this is year two. That cannot remain. We have got to figure out a way to change that, and we know that once we get these kids exposed and into this space, that we have a better chance of helping. Okay, so then tell us specifically, as people are listening to you yes. talk about this, is it going to Joy Collaborative and making a monthly donation? What is gonna help you? These are big, global, wonderful, incredible plans. And you and I have talked about other organizations going through similar things that really could use this forward thinking. Absolutely. On a small level, what can people do? Absolutely. Jump on our website. Please take a look at the quality of what we're talking about there. Read the letter that I've got on the website. Understand what we're, what it is that we're trying to do and the future thinking that's, that's around this. This isn't just, you know, what can we do today? Help us through donations. If that's one time, if it's, if it's, a, a sustaining member, awesome. I will call you and thank you. <laughs> so get ready for that. If you want to create a program like I've been talking about and something that's a little deeper, maybe for your company, then let's talk about that and figure out what that is. Those are really, really great conversations. And let's figure out what makes sense for you. If it's not a cash donation, the other thing we're doing is is creating different kind of before and after programs. So so we, you know, we're going to have reveal days, you know, which are really fun and exciting, but these spaces, you know, while we're doing them are fairly small and we've got, you know, contractors and designers kind of tripping all over each other. And I don't mean that that's being facetious, but trying to get these projects done. So we're not in there letting everybody just swing hammers and, you know, all the exciting stuff you might see on TV, but we can do things in advance. Like, Hey, let's, let's pick out a particular project for your group. Maybe it's your neighborhood or your church group and let's do a fundraiser. And let's let's get engaged with this family and really understand what their needs are and start telling that story so that you can help them. You can help Joy Collaborative. And then, you know, if you want to help with their reveal day, they're always looking for unique and fun things to do. And then afterwards, let's let's capture what really happened here and share that with your friends and tell them what you help make happen. Obviously, as a nonprofit, you know, we're always looking for ways to, you know, grease the wheels and keep some forward momentum. Um, if you've got a foundation in your organization that, it, you know, maybe we're a fit there, maybe you've got an employee matchy pro matching program and we should be on your list. You know, let people know about this. This is this is really exciting. And I love to say that we're a unique organization because I think we are. And I think it's really fun for people to see what the end results are. Excellent. So we're going to switch gears a little bit. Mark, ready. do you think you have a personal brand like when you get up in the morning and you get ready for your day whatever your day means to you do you think about what you're going to put on to make you feel the best you can be well the first thing i think of 
think of every morning when I get up is how lucky I am that I get to do this work because it's just it's it's an absolute blessing to be able to touch all these families and organizations every single day. I mean, that's just phenomenal. You know, I think my personal brand, I would say, is, you know, just being a design professional. Um, I'm not going to show up probably in a hoodie. Um, I'm going to want to make sure that you understand that that we we approach all these projects like any other professional designer would. This is not just because we're a nonprofit doesn't mean we're casual and, and we're, we're we're not going to present ourselves as a as a as a business. So I, I don't know, Lisa, if that answers your question, but yeah, for me, that's... it's really about it's 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 really about the conversation and, and meaning. It does make sense because actually you do think about it. You do think that you're not going to show up with a hoodie and sweatpants because to you that doesn't represent doing business, right? Absolutely. So when you get up, you do think about that. So absolutely, you answered my question. Okay. It almost sounds like you have a you have a process, right? In the morning. Oh, the for steps sure. Steps and 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 a process that you go through that helps you get out the door with the right mindset. Absolutely. I mean, gratitude's a huge part of that. I'm a big fan of affirmations. I would not be here without them. I swear to goodness. But yes, there is definitely a process, and I I do think um, sending good out into the world is, has attracted more than I can possibly would have ever possibly dreamed of. That's wonderful. Do you have a lucky piece of clothing? Uh, thank you, Hammermaid. Um, if, <laughs> if I need that boost of confidence, and I'm not, I'm not much of a person to get very nervous, but if I need a little bit of a co- confidence, um, you know, I, I did not grow up with a lot of means. So to be able to grab one of their, one of their shirts and, and throw that on, you know, they, they, they're very selective about kind of the fabrics they use. I'm a huge fan of these, like, I don't know, they're these funky cufflinks that are sort of knotted elastic things that you use instead of like the metal, you know, the metal bracket yep, ones. Yeah, um, They're super cool. So, and those get a lot of detail. So back in the day when we had a lot of personal meetings, people would pick up on that and go, hey, that's really cool. So to me, that was another kind of tie back to, you know, design attention. And branding. So, and branding. And with that, do you think about, do you have funky socks you wear? I do have a few pair that I like. Absolutely. Yep, I've got some that are bright orange, which is one of our uh, logo colors. They always make me feel good. Orange is a is a is a color of energy yep. and and positivity. So those put a smile on my face. When I help men, I always talk to them about their socks because that's yeah. kind of man's jewelry. Absolutely. You know, that's your jewelry. Well, I tell you what makes me smile this whole podcast. You know, Lisa and I when we started, one of our intentions was to have a spotlight on a nonprofit. Well, we clearly did a show spotlighting a nonprofit, and that's a first for us too, Lisa. But what's so incredible is we were also talking prior to us coming on about branding and social media strategies and things like that, because there's mm-hmm. a lot of things Lisa and I are learning as we mm-hmm. as we grow our podcast. And I'm going to go back through this show, and we have so many hashtags and people to shout out, which also gives me great joy, because I'm all about the connection and the organizations you're talking about and the businesses that I've started with people's ideas. And so it really is just, this has been a treat for me. And Mark, parting words, what do you have for parting words for us? Mm, can I get back to gratitude again, or is that redundant? No, I think you can absolutely go back to gratitude. Um, you know, I, I think what, um, you know, starting this kind of from a very um, intuitive kind of place and digging in a little bit more into the research of the need in the community, I've just been blown away about the need out there that most of us don't have to go very far to find somebody in our immediate world or in our past who who has been disabled or who has had a life limiting condition. So so we define life limiting conditions as poverty and homelessness and and the statistics right now are crazy unfortunate. I mean the the 
20,000 people in Minneapolis are homeless on every, any given day, that our poverty rate's at 11%, that one in six kids has some sort of developmental disability. So when you think about that, that's, you know, four or five kids in a typical classroom. Now that's, yeah. that's a, you know, that, that could be anything from, you know, a slight reading disorder to something more severe. But for me, I've got a, I've got a great friend, my, my friend Jim is an architect, and he said, Mark, I could never do what you do. I couldn't, I couldn't last a day. And I'm like, Jim, all you got to do is meet one of these kids. You know, mm -hmm. all you have to do is meet one of these parents or, or, or program directors and understand what they're all about and where we can take these kids. I mean, we, we're not just slapping band-aids on things. Like we, we, every kid that I've met just wants to have fun. Every parent, every caregiver just wants to see that kid thrive, whatever that means for them. And if, and if in, in, in Joy Collaborative in some way, if we can turn that and if we can start tipping what their worldview is and pulling back the curtain a little bit on, on all these various conditions and have it, I don't like the word normalized, but just have it be more exposed. That's going to help all of us. We're seeing what's happening in, in diversity and inclusion right now in our country. It's, it's, it's wildly exciting to me. So to me, this is just a little piece of that. We've been talking a lot in the last couple of episodes, really about growth mindset. And you certainly have that. And Mark, I know Lisa and I really were excited because we got into design spaces a little bit. Yeah, a little um, bit. We hope to have you back on in the future when we hear about all the incredible projects you've been working on. Thank you. I would love that. Thank you. Thank you both. This was super fun. Everybody check our website. April 1st, we'll probably be launching Barkitecture. So share that with your friends. I think that'll be a really fun thing. And then just check out our organization. If you'd like to support in any way, well, we'd love to talk to you. Joycollaborative.org. That's right. Thank you both. This was and, super and fun. And I just have to say, this was fabulous. And I hope that there's more people like you coming forward into our world because we need people like you. Thank you, Lisa. Really incredible. And I cannot go away from this without a feeling of gratefulness. You talked about it right at the end. Truer words were never spoken when you talked about the fact that you wish there were more marks in the world. And I do too. One thing I want people to know is if they have someone in their life that has a life-limiting condition and they would like them considered for Joy Collaborative's services, then they can go to the website and there is a form on that website to fill out. www.joycollaborative.org. Also, learn a little bit more about us. Go to www.theviewinyourmirror.com. Also on social media. Lisa, can you name them? We are on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, LinkedIn. What did I miss, Katie? Twitter. Twitter, of course, Twitter, because I'm such the social media <laughs> mama expert. and I know so much and expert about it. Yeah, right. Yes, 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 yes. As everyone knows that we just ask our kids first, <laughs> but we're getting there. Anyway, it has been a joy again to do this with you and to walk this journey. And both Lisa and I wish all of you listening the best of you in your mirror you can possibly have. Thanks for joining us. Oh,